and welcome again to the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. I'm Aaron Max, and today's guest, I am just so super excited to have her on today. Uh, I've been a fan of her for a long time, since she was a child. Um, we've had her co-star on the show. She was great in Harry Potter. I'm talking about Emma Watson. How's it going, Emma? Hi, it's great to be here. Wow. Uh, I... What are you doing in New York these days? Uh, I'm actually uh, here for a reading of a new play um, that I'm in. Uh, it's called uh, Female Empowerment in the 1800s. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool piece. I'm just, uh, we're here kind of workshopping the original draft. Uh, so so uh, is it going to be a Broadway show? Uh, where, where do you think it's going to be performed? Uh, first, it's going to uh, kind of do a trial run in, in West End. Uh, to see how that goes, and then if, uh, if if people like it, then we'll transfer it to Broadway. It's interesting that you're getting back to the stage. Uh, your co-star from Harry Potter, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, mm -hmm. been on the show. Uh, he uh, obviously has gone back to the stage numerous times, mm -hmm. and he... He, it's almost been more successful for him than uh, film as of late. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan's uh, play, Him on the Nude Pony, was I, I think he's better known for that than he, than he even is for Harry Potter. Uh, Equus? Yeah, that one. Oh. It's, it's, it's crazy. Do, 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 you, uh, uh, do you keep in contact with your Harry Potter co-stars? I, I know like you probably don't like hearing about Harry Potter a lot, but like I'm just being upfront with you right now. There's probably going to be a lot of Harry Potter references. No, no that, that's fine. I think when you do something that encompasses an entire decade of your career, that it's perfectly natural people are going to want to reference it and, and talk about it. So, yeah, I, I definitely keep in contact uh, with, with Dan and Rupert uh, more than any of the other ones, um, obviously because we spent the most time together. But, uh, yeah, kind of uh, the foundation of, of my life is sort of built on these relationships that I uh, started when I was very young. So I definitely, definitely get a lot of support, and I, I talk to them a lot. Weird question. Who do you think from the cast has aged the best? Ah! Uh, <laughs> oh, I. Mm. <sighs> whoever was the youngest when we started filming, so whoever was like five. In the uh, I, I'm like all I can think of is like the one that played Ginny Weasley. Oh, oh, yeah. She, she's. I would say, yeah, I'd agree. Her too. She's, she's gorgeous. Yeah, and she was very, oh, she yeah. was very young when uh, you started. I mean, you started the, uh, Harry Potter at ten. Mm -hmm. That, that's nuts. Like. I, I can only think about what I was doing at 10, and, like, I could have never, like, been an actor like that. What? Oh, don't say that. I'm, I mean, you never know what, what you can and can't do until you give it a shot. You know, and, and I think, f for me, I never would have gotten into acting so young were it not a role that, was, that I was so well suited for. I'm, I'm sure for, if a role popped up that was, you know like perfectly suited to your personality and to your strengths that you would have been able to jump right into acting well, at that age as well. What age did you start acting at? Was Harry Potter your first thing or did you do things before like getting your big break? Uh, Harry Potter was actually, it was my first one. I had... Uh, well, I'm, I'm asking like even just like community theater. No, like, none of that actually. I was sort of, uh, I just didn't really do it. And, and then I really loved Harry Potter. And then when they, I heard about the auditions, I just wanted to do it. And, that, and my parents were like, you've, you've never acted. Do you really think you can compete with, with children that have been acting since they were babies? But I was like, no, I, this, is, this character is me, and I'm, I think I'm going to get it. And what, did, what was the first thing you did when you got the role? I get blackout drunk. 
<laughs> wait, wait, at <laughs> age 10? No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I didn't. Uh, I, I screamed and, and jumped up and down and cried and then told everyone I knew. No, I, I know, like, when people get their first big break, they tend to make big purchases. What was your first big purchase? Um, the collector's edition of the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. So that uh, that almost seems a little like uh, uh, a little bit too close to Harry Potter. Yeah. No, no. I mean, they're similar in that they're both fantasy written by British authors, but they're they're very different in their in their structure and. They're both about children. Well, yeah, like, but you could say that any stories no, like I they're mean, both about humans. No, I mean like they're both about children that like encounters things, mystical like, creatures and like are sent on this journey to, like, save this kingdom or school, in your case. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, like... Also, I have a weird question, because uh, when your movies were coming out, they were uh, slated against uh, Lord of the Rings films. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like the reason why... Uh, actually, that doesn't make sense, because you no, wouldn't no, have known... No, I mean, like, I, I, I know what you're saying. I... Personally, always thought it was stupid. People only compare them because they're both fantasy-based and they're both uh, about magic, but they're actually so completely different um, in in the way the stories happen and uh, even the target audience. And I I think Lord of the Rings uh, isn't quite as fast-paced as Harry Potter because it's not geared specifically toward children. Um, I I don't know. I think it's like when people compare like... um, like uh, like Twilight and Harry Potter. I'm like, those aren't even the same things. Like, I don't know. It's, I think it's weird. All right. Well, as all great things have to start, all great things have to end. What was the first thing you did when you finally wrapped on the last Harry Potter film? Cry. Really? <laughs> yeah. If I look back over all of the biggest moments in my career and the whole time I was working through Harry Potter, all of the biggest moments kind of involve crying. Um, because you've been a part of this thing for so long and then you're not and then it's all over and you don't really know know how to process it. So it's just the floodgates open and tears. Uh, So what what did you do to comfort yourself through that like loss, like that partum of this part of your life? I know you went to uh, college for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You actually went to Brown University, Mm -hmm. which is in my home state of Rhode Island. Oh. Yeah, no, but like you didn't end up staying there because like, was it a culture shock, or were people just mean to you? No, people weren't mean. Uh, the guys were just w- very forward, and that's something I hadn't experienced in in Britain. Guys are a little more um, subtle, or they, they wait a little bit longer to get to know a girl before they make a move, but I had a lot of guys in brown just coming up to me and being like, hi, you're the Harry Potter girl. Want to go, go out on a date? And it got to be so frequent, uh, and so annoying that I was like, fuck this, done. Now, did you have any, like, ways to, like, fend them off? Would you, like, try oh, yeah. to cast a spell or something? Or No, I would just pull out the um, AK-47 that I conveniently kept in my backpack at all times. Whoa. That, that, wait, so I know you're a very, like, pro-liberal movement person, mm-hmm. but you're pro-gun, you're saying? No, no, I, I'm not pro-gun. I just think that in specific situations, you know, murder is never okay except sometimes. But there are, you know, if a moment where someone is really bothering you, those rules of liberalism that you kind of, that you so believe in just kind of fly out the window. And when I was at Brown, 
that was one of those times, you know? Like, they got on your nerves so much. You're like, get out of my fucking way. I got my gat. Right. Or sometimes I didn't even give them the warning of, of letting them saying, hey, get out of my way. Sometimes I just pulled it out and just right through the heart. Now, oh, wow. You would just, like, put the muzzle to but them? Yeah, no, I, j- I just shot them right through the heart. And, and honestly, the reason that... I was able to continue my studies at Brown for some time, despite the fact that I had sort of committed murder was because I was such a high-profile student. And having me there looked so good for Brown that the faculty and the dean just sort of swept it under the rug. So you're saying there was a cover-up? I mean, cover-up. I mean, that... I don't want to say cover-up. I just... Some information was not revealed to the public. Oh. I mean, this is a public podcast. You are right, but but that was years ago, and I think I think there's there's a law in America that if something happens after a certain period of time, it doesn't matter because uh, murder does not have statute of limitations. No, no, but they the, just caught the east. Okay, so you know how um, there's that that copyright law where yeah. after, at a certain point something is um, public domain. Okay. With murder, it actually works the same way. And there's a tiny little um, subclause within the laws about murder that states if a murder happens after a certain period of time, it doesn't matter. We let bygones be bygones. And that is the brilliance of how America was founded. Part of the reason why I respect this country so much. Is that you can kill people and if you get away with it, you're fine? No, if it's a certain period of time afterwards and the means are justified, then it's fine. Oh, oh so, so there's... there's you you saying your means were justified? A hundred percent. But it sounds like you like straight without warning just like shot someone. Only if they really deserved it. What what would like require you to like put someone at gunpoint, other than them asking you on dates? Just being in a really really bad mood. You being in a bad mood? No, me being in a bad mood. And I, yeah. I think after Harry Potter kind of wrapped and I did Perks and then Bling Ring, I was sort of in, in, a, in a weird place and I, my tolerance level was lower. You know, like previously someone could have been like, hey, you want to go on a date? And I would have just said, no, thank you. But after all that happened, I was in such a bad spot. I just, nothing, gun, right away. All right. Well, um... I'm going to put this to the side for a little bit and uh, talk about your current films you've been working on. Uh, You had a huge hit with Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. Made a lot of money. Um, Although it did catch some flack saying it wasn't as good as the cartoon. What do you think about Disney making these cartoons into live action pictures? I think that Disney could do whatever the hell they want because they own the thing itself. You know, if... I made a thing and I was like, oh, I want to make another incarnation of this thing. It's my thing. I can make more things that are the same, similar to that thing. So but you're like, it, it almost feels like they're reboots. And uh, Yeah. I think they're just trying to get as, to suck as much money out of a thing as they can. Like, I think they'll, they'll stop beating a dead horse when it stops, you know, being a cash cow. I mean, I recently had a discussion on this podcast with uh, director Kevin Smith, and we talked about uh, the superhero movies, because that's a big thing for Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, do, they have the Marvel Universe and stuff. And we were like, when are these going to like stop being so popular? When are people going to... When like- audiences get, get smarter, which I don't think we're going to see in our lifetime. So as far as I can tell... Buckle up for more reboots for do th- forever. Do you think they're going to reboot Harry Potter anytime soon? 
I mean, they're still like expanding I, the universe I'm right now. I'm not permitted to offer my opinion on that one. I legally actually had to sign a contract saying that I would not answer the question, do you think there will be a reboot in our lifetime? So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say no. I, I mean, like... I mean, they're already rebooting Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... I mean, reboots aside, I personally would not want to be involved in another Disney musical only because singing is such a challenge for me. And, I mean, you can hear when you see the movie, there's a, there's a lot of auto-tune happening, you know? And I, I don't have a keen enough ear for that. I, I thought you did great. I thought it was, it was Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I thought the acting was really, really good. And the, and the auto-tuning kind of made up for any lapses in my ability to sing. And um, the guy that played guest on, oh, I can't remember the actor's name right now. He was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but my singing and my acting was, was good. It's not all that bad. And, uh, and guess, yeah, Gaston was he, I liked him. He was good. Um, so you, you did that. And then also you have recently had that movie uh, come out with Tom Hanks, The Circle, mm-hmm. uh, where it was almost like this kind of like Google. Yeah. Movie. That movie. Yeah, there's actually a sequel to The, to the Circle coming out. It, it's called The Octagon. Wait, really? They're, they're, they're making another? Because that movie didn't do too well. Right, that's why they're giving it another go. Like, they, they think that more people will come the second time the, around? I think the primary problem with the circle was the shape that they picked. It's not marketable enough. So they said, oh, me and, and the kind of production team got together and said, what was the biggest problem here? Was it writing? No. Was it marketing? Was it, was it casting? No. It was definitely marketing. A circle, that was the problem. Make it an octagon, boom. Cash cow, right there. So you, you think the major problem was the shape and mm-hmm. not the plot of the movie? No, the plot was perfect. E- even though, like, people were like, eh, it kind of didn't make sense. Uh, it- I mean, think, think about how many movies didn't, that have been successful didn't make sense. Hello, Donnie Darko didn't make sense. The Matrix, uh, what, Inception, all of those classic, famous movies, no sense at all. Do you think they'd reboot The Matrix? Do you think that we're ready for a reboot of The Matrix? Yeah, I, I think that... What would you change if you were to reboot The Matrix? Besides casting myself as the, the, lead, the lead female character, I... Mm. Would you make Neo into a woman? Would you, like, gender swap it? <sighs> yeah. Because I know, like, one, you got to look out for yourself and you got to give yourself the best role if you're casting the movie, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah, I and and there's so many uh, movies that have been recast with women's whereas you know Ghostbusters and and Ocean's Eight and people are so hung up with feminism almost to an extreme right now that you can pretty much take any movie you know to make the character a female. You know, we could do, for example, um, Science of the Lambs, make it a female Hannibal Lecter. People lose their minds. You know, I they would say, it's, love that. It's feminist. Oh, you're killing people. Oh, you're strangling them. You're eating their flesh. Feminist. I mean, hey, I think, like, seeing a female Hannibal Lecter would be entertaining as hell, you know? Uh, Like, there's a lot of great actresses out there that don't get those, like, crazy, like, over-the-top roles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, for a a while, it was just, like, Helena Bonham Carter getting all of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. She kind of cornered the market. What was it like to work with her, by the way? Because... as our listeners know, like she was in Harry Potter with you. Oh yeah, wonderful. She was. She's so brilliant and so so funny. 
Um, she actually, a lot of people don't know that she started off her career as a stand-up. Wait, uh, really? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's just so, so funny. And um, there was this one time when it was really, really hot. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to my dressing room. And uh, she, you know, went in and, and then we had to shoot. So someone said, hey, Emma, go in. Ask, you know, tell her it's time to shoot. I opened the door because it wasn't locked. And she's lying flat out naked on the floor just in the breeze. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, I was so hot. I've seen her naked is the point. Oh, of that okay. I, I was like, um, and then she told her one liner. Um, but because I was wondering, was it going to come back to the stand up comedy? No, I was just that's what it was. Uh, uh, fair enough. Um, so uh, I, I want to know, what do you have coming up now? Like you, you've had Beauty and the Beast. You, you said you're working on the octagon. Uh, mm. a, anything like you, you're working on that play? Anything outside the realm of acting? Um, I've been investing a lot of time into um, charity work. You know, I, I've done People Tree, I've done He for She, and, and social justice things. Um, I'm currently working on a charity called Save the Dignity of the Armadillo, and that is to raise awareness for the humanity that exists within the species that is the armadillo. And they're actually very advanced very capable of, of empathy, of feeling. They actually have their own written language. Um, and and a, lot, a lot of people don't know this. And they say, oh, the armadillo was just this dirty, smelly little little rodent. No, it has a language. They, they've, written, they've written books. A lot of people don't actually know this. War and Peace was written by an armadillo. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I didn't know they were that advanced. I know uh, there, there's, like, plenty of, like, philosophers out there saying that if there was a smarter species than humans, we may not know it, and they might be, like, hiding among us. Right, because, because part of stupidity is the, the concept that just assuming that you are the most advanced and the smartest, and a, a species that was more intelligent would be perfectly happy allowing us to continue thinking we're the smartest, because then they could just go about with their lives, you know... With us completely unaware. Fair enough. All right, Emma, we've come to the point in the show where we like to do a little bit of speed round questions. We play a couple games on this show. Uh, the first game we like to play is Fuck, Mary Kill. Basically, I'm going to list three names, and you tell me which category each goes into. First name, Hagrid. Second name, Dumbledore. Third name, Snape. Oh, I think I would, I think I would, I'd fuck Hagrid because he's a giant, so large, large, yeah, large, yeah, yeah, yeah. large, yeah. I, I think our listeners get yeah, what you're just, getting at. You, you're, they can fill in the blanks. I think I would kill Dumbledore because the amount of unnecessary heartache he, he caused Harry and Hermione and Ron by keeping Harry in the dark for so many years. I, he should be killed. Yeah, and then I think I'd, I'd marry Snape because while I know he was in love with Lily and that was kind of driving his whole character arc throughout the series, I personally think that I, me, Emma, not, not Hermione, could satisfy him both emotionally and sexually and kind of fill that gaping void in his heart and in his soul. 
And women do like a broken-hearted dude. He's kind of a bad boy, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's a death eater, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he he's that kind of guy that you shouldn't go after, but like but like right, right. Like you're like, oh no, I I, I shouldn't be like I could probably change him. Yeah. Actually, no, you couldn't. But like you're you're arrogant. I mean, he you're arrogant enough to think. Oh, okay. Yes, he changed, but enough to be able to be in a healthy, committed, monogamous relationship. I don't think so. Fair enough. Do you think you could be monogamous with Snape, Aaron? I mean, he is kind of hot. Alan Rickman, rest in peace. But uh, he, Snape was an attractive uh, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, part of me would feel like, yeah, I could change him. I could, I could, I could uh, make him happy. Because no, what do you think it it is in in people that that makes them so much want to change other people? Is it because they want to believe that people, in fact, the entire human race are capable of change? Do you think it's just a narcissism thing? I think it's a thing. Like it's the same with acting. We, you just want to like make people happy, and sometimes it's the one that's closest to you. I know we're getting real deep. Well, here. Uh, I, 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 okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say people were close to. I just said people in general, which makes me say, question, Aaron, is there someone in your life that's really, really close to you? No, you I, 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 I was just picturing marrying Severus Snape. Oh. And like being really, yeah, yeah. Being emotionally attached, attached to him. Attached, yeah. And he's like, he's a hurting guy. You hurting. Know? Okay, but can you imagine like coming home and being like, hey, S- Snape, how's your day? And he's like, it's fine. I don't want to talk about it. And I feel like that would be every fucking day. Like him just not opening up about his feelings. Like, honey, honey, you know, like, you know, snuggle next to me in bed. I just need to be with my feelings right now. Like, Harry Potter. Really? You think he's like still, he would be married and still obsessed with Harry Potter? Yeah. (laughs) I think so. He spent, what, well over a decade? No. 17 years being obsessed with this one person because of his of his his mom like that yes yes married and still obsessed with that person like you'd be his second second choice you or me depending on who he did end up marrying. interesting uh i forgot to mention this earlier we've had jk rowling on the podcast rolling whatever Ro- rolling I'm, I'm i'm american my i'm not great in pronunciation mm-hmm. but um yeah, she's she's been on the podcast, and uh, I hope she's listening to this because I would uh, very much be interested to see her take on where Snape uh, in a monogamous relationship would go. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to do now is uh, we like to do a little bit of word association on this show. Basically, okay. I say a word, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Sure, sure, sure. Wand. Person. Star. Star. Carpet. Aladdin. Screening. Flies. Gown. Nudity. Preview. Nudity. Broadway. Nudity. Magic. I can't, I just have to say nudity. All right. Well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank Emma Watson for coming out here again. It has been a lot of fun. Emma, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before you head out? Oh, yeah. Just um, keep keep checking out my website and my Twitter to, to hear updates about the, the new play and the new movie, The Octagon. Um, also, just a word of advice to all you ladies out there. If any men does try to bother you, guns are available for purchase at your local Dwayne Reed and um, certain specific JCPenney's. 
All right. Well, thank you again for coming out here. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for listening to the Yes and I Am podcast. This podcast has been completely improvised. So instead of having the actual Emma Watson here with us today, it has been my buddy Dana Norris. How's it going? What up, dog? So, uh, Emma Watson. Yep. Um, I have to say to our listeners right now, uh, normally when we're recording the show, it is completely improvised, but I do have some like talking point notes. We tried to start this show <laughs> with those notes <laughs> with a completely different <laughs> guest. And, uh, you know, sometimes like when, uh, uh, guest on the sh- uh, someone on the show doesn't know who like the person is. We still roll with it, and you know we get some fun, crazy business. But like this particular celebrity, I didn't like care for too much. And like as soon as she's like, I've never heard any of these movies <laughs> that she's been in. And I was like, you know what? I threw my notes to the side. I thought of a person right off the top of my head, and we had Emma Watson. How did? Are you a huge Harry Potter fan? Oh, yes. Okay. I've taken the Pottermore quiz so many times. I've listened. Wait, you, you've changed your house? Well, okay. So <laughs> I took the Pottermore quiz, and then I was like, I got my answer. And I was like, I wonder if I can trick the quiz. I tried tricking the quiz. I got the exact same answer. Then I took the quiz like four more times in different accounts. And I got the same answer What every are time. you, by the way? What do you think I am, Aaron? I'm oh. just curious, because I always like to ask people, because it lets me Raven know how they're Claw? perceiving me. No. I, I'm, I'm the way that you described your result. It sounds like you're a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. What do you think I am? Oh gosh, I'm gonna say a Gryffindor or a Hufflepuff. If you had to choose one of the two, Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, when I, when I, f- I went to Universal and I first walked into Diagon Alley, I started crying. Like, I had, like, tears streaming down my cheeks. I was so excited. Yeah, no, I used to have a Hufflepuff pin I would wear on my hat all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, like, just discreet enough where people were like, wait, what's the yellow yeah, H yeah, stand yeah. for? I yeah, like, yeah. I have a time turner. Nice. I wear it frequently. Yeah, if our listeners are counting, this is our third Harry Potter episode. <laughs> And it probably won't be our, our last. last. Um, Rupert Grint's still out there um, waiting mm. to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else could I interview in the world of Harry Potter? Uh, you could uh, you could interview... Um, what's, what's his place? Oh, you should interview Darren Chris and talk to him about a very Potter musical. Oh, yeah. Darren Chris is a weird one, though. Like You have so much you can do because there's Glee, there's yeah, Spring no, Awakening. Yeah, no, I know. There's I know. Like, like, I'm not a big Glee person. But a very Potter musical. Yeah. But uh, what, what else was Darren Chris? Spring w- Awakening. Yeah. He was also in uh, Hedwig. He, he played oh, yeah, Hedwig yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because that, that, he, he was the f- first one to follow Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And like that. That's those the, are tough shoes to follow. Exactly. Those are tough high heels to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so. You're a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Um, how much did you know about Emma Watson? Because as I just said, I was doing this without notes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that she went to Brown? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually knew people who were classmates with her. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, 
She couldn't answer a question in class without people like <gasps> shouting like 10 points to Gryffindor. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, at some points I feel sad, but then I remember how many millions of dollars. She is the second highest paid actress yeah, of all time. Highest, but she just wants to go to the university, have a normal life. Uh, okay, it blows my mind that people would be that asinine to be saying 10 points to Gryffindor. Oh, of course. How dumb and... Have you been to Rhode Island? Yeah, like how much of a jackass would you have to be to be doing that? Um, what, you I, would do I, that, I would, Aaron? I, would, I wouldn't do it, but would I laugh? Yeah. Probably. Oh. I mean, she she's yeah, doing she very well for herself. That we know of. We don't know what her emotional life is like. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Her like, heart could be shattered and devastated. We don't oh know. Oh my god, like it, she's definitely got has to have some sort of child star syndrome. Oh yeah, like the what it's must have been like to be in the public eye from such a tiny age and like to never once have had a scandal. How many other child female stars can we say have gone through their lives without a scandal? Oh, and there's definitely a bunch of like internet pervs like scanning for like nude photos. Of right, her, right, like, right. Constantly. Like, I can't even imagine, like, she has must have balls of steel or... She's, got, the, she's got that big dick energy. <laughs> big dick energy. Probably just really supportive people behind her. Yeah, no, I mean, you gotta... Um, I, I hope her and the Harry Potter gang are still close. Uh, Rupert's not been doing too well. <laughs> I love the story about, I don't know if you've heard this, when they cast the three kids in the roles. They said, okay, each of you need to write me... An, the director said, write me an essay about your character and come back. They come back, like, the, to the next rehearsal. Emma Watson has written a 10-page essay. Daniel Radcliffe has written a one-page, and Rupert Grit has written one sentence. Aww, <laughs> like, they each responded exactly the way their characters would. Uh, but, like, he's, like, <laughs> living the life that Ron Weasley would. Like, right. yeah, like Daniel Radcliffe, acclaimed Broadway actor, Emma Watson doing best out of all of them. Right, running these, like, charities. Rupert and... Grint <laughs> is in a Snatch miniseries for Crackle, Yahoo's <laughs> streaming service. <laughs> and it subsequently got canceled. That's hilarious. I, like, I feel like with... His background and he, if he wanted to write and produce something, he could get it done. But I don't feel like he's the kind of person that would take the time to write something and then get it produced. Oh, no. Like, like he just does, like, I, I don't think he's the type. Like, even Tom Felton is doing better than Rupert right, 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 right. Now. At least, yeah. Like, Tom Felton's still, like, in movies. He looks super weird because his hairline did not hold up. Mm. Yeah, no. Did you, you see? So, well, the girl who plays Luna Lovegood has been in a handful of things. And she was. Did you see um, GBF? It's on Netflix. GBF? What is that? It stands for Gay Best Friend. Oh. Um, but it's about these three girls who are like the popular chicks at school, and they're all fighting over this gay kid because they're trying to like use him to win the prom. And so it's like one Mormon chick, one like show choir chick, and then the other girl. And then Luna Lovegood plays this character who like pickets the gays. And like oh, she's she's like this like conservative Christian, right? Like she, she she does a great job. Um, and at one point, like they they all the girls think like the gay guys don't eat carbs. So at one point, the gay kid's about to eat a cupcake, and the, one of the girls runs up and like grabs it and throws it in the garbage. She's like, "We're helping you. We know you don't eat carbs." And the kid just looks so sad. I kind of want to watch this because like part of me like is like, 
is this pro- any good? I'm like, probably not. But like, I kind of want to like guilty pleasure watch it. Yeah, it's not the best movie ever, but you will enjoy it and it's entertaining. All right. Well, Dana, that being said, you are a comedian and uh, stand up and improviser in the city. What do you got going on right now? I have a show at Greenwich Village coming up on the 14th. I have a All show. Right. Whoa, whoa, okay. I'm going to stop you right Oh, now. sorry, sorry, sorry. So I don't plug. No, no, you, you can plug stuff. So like, sh- be quiet. No, no, it's just, uh, we uh, like to record episodes in advance. Oh. <laughs> Scratch that. Scratch so th- all th- of that. Th- this one's probably coming out in August. Okay. So I will have shows that you cannot come to at various different clubs coming up. Where can they find them? At Broadway Comedy Club. Uh, Creek in the Cave. Do, do you have a, like a social media that they can follow? I do. My my. Inst- oh, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm new to. Okay. Oh, no worries. Uh, my handle is at Dana Norris kicks ass. All right, and you can find her shows and stuff. Uh, and you're on an improv team. I am. It's called Informal Attire. All right. That's on Instagram too. Yeah. We uh. I'm trying to think if we've gotten it. No. We, we tried to get one of your uh, teammates on, and he uh, did not do so well on my show. But I'm really curious to know who it was. It was Mark. Um, oh. and I'm, I'm trying my hardest to get him back on the show because uh, for the listeners out there, Mark's my best friend, or he's one of my best friends. And uh, he, he, like, whenever I'm trying to do improv with him, he just gets, like, super silly. And, oh. like... It's fun, but it doesn't make for good comedy. Right, right, right. Although, actually, he technically has been on the show. He uh, was part of RJ, uh, our other friend's episode. He, like, was hanging out with us while we were recording it, and he, like, pretended to, like, call in on a cell phone, Mm -hmm. and he did a Sean Connery impression. Oh, Yay. So he has been on the show. He has been on. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so... Uh, anything else you want to say before you head out? Oh, yes. That my um, wonderful piece of American literature that I've created, Very Good Morals for Young Children and Other People, is ava- available on Amazon in a paperback and an ebook. All right. Well, go check that out. Um, also, listeners out there, if you want to go follow us on Instagram, we are at yesandiam. We will post photos of guests and all that fun stuff. So go check us out there. And also, if you have not given us a rating and review yet on iTunes, please do that because it helps more people find the show, and that keeps us happy. Thank you again for listening. Your mom keeps us happy. Nice. (laughs) Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we will see you all next time.